everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And we're really excited today. We are bringing you a bonus episode of the podcast. We are talking about the Netflix series, Heartstopper. This is a YA series, LGBTQ forward series. It's really cute. I loved it. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm film critic, Rachel Wagner, and uh, my friend Larry is here with me today to talk about this series. Thank you so much, Larry, for coming on. Hi, thank you for inviting me on over. You know, yeah. there's there's so few purely like pure romantic things that, that get me. So I'm, I'm glad oh, to so come excited. on and talk about one with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you haven't been on our, on Hallmark's podcast since our Golden Girls episode, which yeah, was like in 2017. It was a long, <laughs> or 18, it was a long time ago. Uh, so. RIP Betty White. I know it's been a few months, oh. but you know, talking about Golden Girls, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, I am Larry, also known online these days as Chili Boy from Chili Boy Productions on YouTube. I review movies as well as have done a lot of type reactions recently, so reactions to different TV series and uh, films. And one of the recent reaction series I did was to this series, Heartstopper. Yeah. And you mentioned it a little bit, but you're typically not a big romance guy, correct? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still friends, people. It can be done. It can be done. <laughs> what is it about most romance stories that doesn't quite get you? What do you think? I think it's just, you know, I don't know. I'm one of those. I think Rachel and I you know, in our romantic lives, we, we lead similar lifestyles. We just have fallen on the opposite side of that single person's coin where I just am like, ugh, like if it ain't me, I don't know if I want to deal with it right now. (laughs) So I don't know anything that's too schmaltzy in general, usually is a, is a tough sell for me. Like I need, I need some layer of like a little bit of darkness underneath of there. I don't need it to go full out, you know, Snyder verse style dark. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot that I just find to be overly sappy. And when you add that to the formula that particularly films, romance films have a very typical formula, like a lot of genres do, most genres have their set formula. And if you just, if you find it tough to buy into that formula from the get-go, I feel like it's usually an uphill battle for you in that genre overall. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think we all have that. Like for me, it's sci-fi, a lot of people Mm -hmm. staring into space, (laughs) contemplating life. I mean, just not for me usually a lot of times those plots <laughs> i struggle with yeah and, and everyone's like oh it's so deep it's it. so profound i'm like no they're just staring into space i <laughs> no uh and the shows do the romance formula as well i just think that we have more time with them so i think actually romance shows obviously we were part of the fran cast together which is kind of yeah rom-com a tv show rom-com in most ways but the difference in shows for me i think that makes it work a little bit better than most films that are romantic comedies is that we have a lot of time with the characters we really get to know and love the characters and thus we are able to really buy into the the building romance a film sometimes that step can feel so rushed Mm -hmm. that you're like okay i mean i don't know uh sure but then once you get to that like you know end of the second act conflict where they break up and they go their separate ways before they inevitably come back together yeah, you don't really, I don't find myself caring that much because I don't know, I don't, I don't have this huge investment in most of their relationships. Yeah. Whereas shows, you know, the nanny, it took us, it took us five seasons, it took oh. four seasons to get there. So yes, I care. Don't break them up. Let them stay together. <laughs> yeah. We had so much fun. People don't know during the pandemic, it had been a dream of mine to recap the nanny and during the pandemic we recapped the entire six seasons of the nanny together with our friend colleen who's been on the show a bunch of times uh the friend cast i'll put a link in the description people can listen it uh, it was so much fun i really have very warm memories of that and this one defies one of the categories at least in film that 
you don't like, Rachel, and that is basically teenagers. <laughs> we have well, a focus on teenagers here, Rachel, and that, that seems to be uh, quite the true. divisive topic for you when it comes to coming of age stories specifically. Yes. The whole soul and teen uh, is usually not my favorite. I, I feel like a lot of times they are do a poor job in developing the, the motivation for the character of why they're behaving this way. And I always say when, whenever there's a soul and teen movie, I always call my mom and apologize because I just feel <laughs> not that I was even that bad, but I definitely had my moments for sure. Um, yeah. It's funny because out of all of my siblings, I was by far the most, I mean, I was very mild compared to most rebellious teens, but compared to my siblings, I was definitely the most high-spirited, strong-willed of anybody as a teenager by far. And my, both of my other siblings are both very like, uh, I don't know, very quiet and not, not a strong personality, not somebody who's going to fight it out, you know, kind of a thing. And, but it's just kind of funny because I'm the one as an adult that's chosen to live as more closely aligned with the way my parents have lived. So, which is fine. You know, everybody makes their choices, but uh, it's just kind of funny that the one that was the most strong willed and the one that gave them the most grief is the one. (laughs) Uh, But but yeah, I don't know, like movies like Lady Bird and Edge of 17 and things like that. I, I much prefer the teen movie that's a little more warm hearted, like Perks Being a Wallflower or um, where there's like a positive message, Love, Simon. That's definitely more my jam. Perfect. Well, that leads us here. I guess that mm-hmm. shows why you enjoyed this. <laughs> yes. So this Heartstopper, this is based on graphic novel and webcomic by Alice Oseman. And I had you heard of this before? I hadn't. And apparently it's like a pretty like big thing, at least on the online following. A lot of my friends are like, oh yeah, you know, like know about it. And I'm like, I had mm-hmm. never heard of it. Huh. Yeah. And this did this kind of come out of the blue for you as well? It did. It was funny because about two weeks maybe before it debuted, I randomly saw some sort of like somebody kind of off mentioned it. So I looked, you know, I was like, what are they talking about? And I was like, oh, that does look cute. And then somebody got a screener and was like, oh, I think you're going to love this. So then I ran over to Netflix and requested the screener, (laughs) but I got it like the week of release because I didn't, I didn't even know to like ask for it or look for it or anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it, Netflix, they didn't do a lot of legwork on it beforehand. It really was like, oh, here it is. Hi. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it until you tagged Hallmark's pod uh, mm-hmm. in, in on Twitter about it to see what I would think. And yeah. I I would give this, I mean, I guess there's tiny little things that I could say, I wish they'd done this or instead of this, but I'd still, honestly, I'd give it a, a five crowns. Yeah. I, I, five out of five. I thought it was perfect. I, I There's <laughs> hardly anything that I would change. Yeah, I I really loved it as well. This mm-hmm. is one of those properties that I just kind of walk, I say walk out of because, you know, film right, is, right. is still my main thing. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> those, one of those viewing experiences that you leave and I just can't imagine how someone doesn't really just in, fall in love with it. You know, like uh, I, my heart is pretty dark in comparison to certainly you, Rachel, uh, <laughs> but plenty of others. If my heart can just like get fully enveloped, yeah. I just, I'm like, oh, wow. They have to be some real, some real <laughs> dark people. And I agree <laughs> with what you said in your recap where you, your reaction, where you said that if they have another season, absolutely great. If they, if they just end it here, I feel fully complete. And I, I fully agree with you there. Yeah. Like, obviously I'd love to get more time with these characters, but not at the expense of what we got in the first season. And that's what makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we going to go like, Oh, dramatic, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want that. So 
I would yeah. almost prefer to leave it because we leave off on a really good note that gives, you know, our characters more or less closure. Of course, they leave things open. So like the the best friends and they're like kind of budding uh, crushes on each other. And that obviously is something we can go into next season. But they they get everybody to a good enough point that you're like, I'm satisfied. I like this first season. Don't give me unneeded drama. Don't right. like drum up these situations. Because part of what worked so well for me personally was that mo- all of the drama and the conflict felt much more natural than we see in a lot of things. So comparing it to like Love, Simon, the main conflict there is like this big blackmail and right. even these other bullies, you know, they're jumping up on the tables and making this big spectacle. In this film, the bullying just, or this uh, series, the bullying just felt so much more real, like how it actually happens, like these real small comments, or uh, I mentioned it in my reactions to a lot of the, the kind of passive things that aren't meant to be hurtful, but they kind of keep you almost not wanting to be your true self and it just is like this almost feeling of disappointment that a family member will make or that a friend will make and they don't mean anything by it actually you know it's not targeted at you it's not meant to to make you feel bad or anything but it, it you kind of internalize that as you go through the struggle and there were just so many of those type of moments that felt like a more authentic representation that worked for me well, and also I felt like they explored so many different types of LGQ expression. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not LGQ, mm-hmm. but uh, the, they had, I felt so many different, different expressions. It wasn't just a coming out narrative, like yeah. in Love, Simon, you had the lesbian couple, the lesbian girls who one was more secure, one wasn't as secure, but had come out. Yeah. So you had that dynamic, you had you had Charlie, who's pretty confident, but has his own insecurities. You have mm-hmm. Nick, who uh, you know is just exploring bisexuality. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Tao, uh, his character. Um, and then you had Elle, who's transgender. But then also even in the adults, because you had like the art teacher yeah. as a mentor. I don't know, it just felt like they had lots of different types of LGBTQ expression in the story and none of it felt like out of place like none of it really felt like pushed in or forced in mm-hmm. it just kind of all felt like these kids that's another thing I loved they were actually teenagers yeah <laughs> yeah yay a teen show that casts like legitimate <laughs> teenagers um they and- all felt like they could be friends or that it, it just kind of worked our leads had really good chemistry uh, Charlie and Nick because obviously that's one thing if if they didn't work together it would be t- much more tough to buy we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family please consider and we will love you forever go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies that's patreon.com slash hallmarkies nick who was also a young elton john and rocket man um he just was so mm-hmm. effortlessly charming yeah. <laughs> you as the viewer yeah. are like yes i mean i just i love this person <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if you agree, but I feel like this William Gao who plays Tao, this was his first role, by the way, which is very impressive, mm-hmm. I think. I think he could just slip in for Ezra Miller. He mm-hmm. reminded me so much of Ezra Miller and Perks being a wallflower. Yeah, especially as Ezra continues doing whatever they're doing. Um, yeah. 
and right. causing havoc on, on Hawaii and whatever yeah. states they choose. A lot like him and had like uh, <laughs> we found a new like flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, but I'm yeah, just... no, I was really impressed because this that was the thing is we had one or two actors in here who had been in, including a big one, who was really funny. So in the the screener you know email that netflix sent out they were like do not reveal the actress playing nick's mother so that was like the one thing they instructed anyone who got a screener not to talk about <laughs> uh but now that it's been out for about a week it's the academy award-winning olivia coleman yeah. who my Which friend I- was like if you had told me olivia coleman was in this i would have watched it immediately because she was like mm-hmm. oh okay <laughs> Well, and there is a pretty good moment with her at the end, but still, I, that must've been why they had her in though, to try to build enthusiasm. Part of me was like, they really got her for like a a couple days on set, you know, like this, obviously she was able to do it because it wasn't a big time commitment. She's not, she doesn't have a big role at all, No, Uh, but she she only has that one moment. Because I was waiting all season. I talked about it in my reactions. Like, when are we getting the Olivia Coleman moment? <laughs> I've been waiting since I saw her. Uh, I, think, I think Olivia Coleman has been on Doctor Who. Don't quote me on that. And the director uh, has worked on Doctor Who. So maybe that's yeah. where they met or something. And he called in a favor. I don't know. Who knows? But you were kind of watching, waiting for that big, yeah. you know, you're like, there's got to be a reason they have her in. There's going to be this big moment. And it was a pretty good moment. Yeah. But still, I was just kind of. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I did. I was like, when are we getting it? But this yeah. is OK. Uh, other authors who have recently taken to screenwriting. I won't I won't throw direct shade at them, but her her film just came out recently. Um, this is how you adapt your own work properly um into a screenplay because i thought this alice did a really good job of of writing this season and apparently everyone says it's really faithful and the parts that aren't faithful everybody seems to also be in agreement that it actually improved upon what the graphic novel brought to the page and um how did you feel about the animation flurries that they chose to implement i thought it was it kind of reminded me of mitchell's versus machines because they kind of do the similar thing even though that one's straight animation but it has the uh the little uh the the layer of animation like when they're talking about her her films or things and you'll get the the things spurting out different different there's like a i forget what they call it but there's like a layer on top of everything mm-hmm. else in Mitchell's machines kind of remind me a little bit of that. I don't, I thought it was really fun. Cute. Yeah. It was it, again, something to kind of differentiate it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it didn't feel too gimmicky because it just kind of like effortlessly flowed in. Uh, and you always kind of knew what it meant as well. Like it obviously had an emotional purpose. I also really like that they did like the kind of, graphic novel panels from time to time as like a transition or to move through uh it was a really nice little just homage to to where it came from and in the first episode it's called meet they give one word descriptors for each of these and i guess that's probably true in the in the graphic novel as well but uh but we find out about charlie that he's got this secret relationship with ben uh that uh, ben isn't treating him very well this is also pretty similar to perks being a wallflower with um the football player yeah and uh what's his name uh and uh so he's assigned to sit next to nick and they kind of hit it off they have that immediate chemistry like you said yeah it's it really works i mean that's the only thing too with these high school romances i'm always just kind of like you don't need to find the love of your life in high school. They people they always take love so yeah. seriously in these movies. I'm like, you should just date and have fun. You don't need to. Yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> Chill. Yeah. Don't to, to put down the wedding planner book. It's okay. Yeah, um, but Nick invites him to join the rugby team, and then he overhears Charlie fighting with Ben, and he immediately feels for charlie and thinks that ben's a jerk which again endears you to the character yeah that scene 
and that I think that's also kind of what helps it because it I mean I overall I think it's a very wholesome show it's very sweet and Mm kind of like pure feeling but then we do get those moments uh and I thought they were handled well where we do go a little bit deeper Uh, some people that say maybe we need a trigger warning I I was actually like oh wow (laughs) I wasn't quite ready for what happens at the end of the first episode. Of course, we don't go all the way there. So we don't, you know, and I'm glad we don't because uh, it's just, is not that, uh, you know, it's not that material to, to necessarily go all that way, but we have that moment with Ben. We have some darker moments of bullying as well later in the series where it gets a little bit more extreme in how the, the guys interact Um how did you feel that like darker moments were were utilized throughout the season? Yeah, I thought they did a really good job with that. There wasn't anything that was there's there's sometimes when you feel like okay, these are criminal actions. Like the bullying is getting beyond what would be normal, right? Yeah. Like these people should these teens should be arrested <laughs> at this point, right? And nothing that was in this was yeah. was out of line of what you would see in a normal high school I think in general yeah I think yeah that kind of harkens back to what I, I had said early on is where this just had a more genuine feel to mm-hmm. it all around it wasn't so Hollywoodized that yeah, yeah like you said they're out here like beating someone to a pulp to the point where you know they should be thrown in jail <laughs> they're they're using their words they're bullying they are making you uncomfortable and you know you get mad at the bullies but Mm -hmm. they're never you know I mean we almost get to the point of of an assault as I said but it's it it never goes there yeah uh what do you think of Elle as a character I thought Elle was I I really liked her character I I wish Tao would get his haircut as I was focused on so bad in that show I hated Tao's haircut (laughs) I hated that hair um I thought they handled Elle pretty well overall one she's beautiful I was like wow this girl is like gorgeous um but yeah how did you feel about her yeah, I I liked it. I thought that it was a very interesting character and to have her go over to the other school mm-hmm. and start and and uh, the uh, the dynamic between the girls because you don't normally see I mean I guess there's mean girls and stuff like that but I feel like you don't see as much the girl bullies kind of thing and so that whole dynamic over at the other school uh, was uh, was interesting and her you know crush on Tao that develops more slowly than Charlie and Nick we also good. did I did like that uh is he instead of the will they won't they to start it's like a is he or is it <laughs> when right. it comes to Nick I thought they played it really well too because they easily mm-hmm. could have gone with Nick that he was just he was straight but he was a really nice person and that would have been just as believable for me and just, you know, a different story, but possibly as, you know, good. Um, but I, I, I just really, I don't know. I liked how they started the season with that. Too. Yeah. So yeah. then in episode two, we have crush it's called. And uh, then we have uh, that uh, Tao assumes Nick is straight because of Tara but then he finds out Tara is a lesbian with Darcy (laughs) Darcy was a little annoying to me yeah she wasn't (laughs) my favorite Darcy was a bit much she she also I mean I'm glad they got their little moment too obviously the two of them but she was yeah a little a little forward yeah everything uh and then uh we get Nick starting on sort of the the path of questioning his sexuality in the story. Um, and I did write in my notes, I said, is it distracting to have Olivia Coleman in such a small role? That's a little distracting. <laughs> I think it's like, like we said, especially those first seven episodes is definitely on the back of your mind. Cause you are, I think it's inevitable to just kind of be watching her and waiting like there's no if you know who she is you know there's there's no way around it yeah 
you're waiting for something to drop with her at some point. Uh, all right. Then there's Kiss, episode three. And this is Harry's birthday party. And I did feel like this was also a little bit of a cliche that you, yeah. in, uh, in these high school movies, they have these massive parties that I have never heard of and I don't think really exist anymore. Where I, I was one thing I love about Perks being a wallflower is the party is just like them hanging out in the basement with uh yeah. with red cups, you know, like it him making a, a milkshake. Like it it's actually how parties really are. I mean, yeah. unless I don't know. I mean, this thing was massive. Uh-huh. They like roll up to this, like, I don't know. I guess they <laughs> established that he rented out this like hall in this mansion or whatever. But of course, you have the DJ, we've got the lights, we've got like all this. I mean, <laughs> literally the kids are getting dropped off in this like you know limo pull-up cove like (laughs) yeah yeah it was ridiculous (laughs) I mean even if you establish the character as like rich Harry because they kind of are just like poke fun and him Mm -hmm. just being like rich and ridiculous but you're like oh my gosh (laughs) I don't know I just feel like even rich people the parties are kind of lame it's just kind of hanging around the house like yeah uh, but maybe I I was just isolated uh, and didn't go to the big parties. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. But um, uh, so then uh, Tara tells, and this one's called Kissed. I think I said. But um, Tara tells uh, Nick that uh, she's lesbian, and then Nick and Harry fight, and uh, then we also have. Uh, we have Imogene telling Nick that she likes him. And uh, so she doesn't know what to say. Uh, and uh, we get also a scene between Charlie and Ben. What did you think of Ben in the story? Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was terrible. Uh, but once again, I kind of liked that he was there because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's another kind of important step that uh, for the community, there are many people who really struggle within themselves. And the way that manifests is like anger and that like lashing out um, type of behavior. Um, And I like the discussions that come down later or even in that first episode, really, where he's just like, Oh, why don't you understand me? Why can't you just like, you know meet me where I am and it's like well it's not really about that like I uh, I can understand and I'll be slow with you but you're just a terrible person <laughs> that's not why I'm trying to get away from you <laughs> but, yeah I mean he he wasn't as like annoying as the kid in Love, Simon no the uh the blackmailer kid he was the worst I hate him um, worst part but, of that whole movie yeah a serial killer in training as I like to say um but then we have Nick and Charlie in this secluded room in this mansion and they uh that whole scene that whole kiss and the whole scene was great yeah and I think that's one of the times where the the animation just works so well because the series does a lot of these little hand shots obviously Mm -hmm. like these little their hands are by each other and then you just get those little animations like either a spark or like just a nice little like float of leaves or something and there's nothing that i love more than a subtle hand (laughs) hand uh, movement hand hold hand hold i love that like pinky to pinky like Actually, episode three, this was one of my top, like, favorite episodes yeah. of the season. I loved, I just, I, I usually love getting swept up. So, like, the entire party vibe while over the top. But the music, I thought, was great in this episode. But, like, the mm. entire vibe down there. And then what I really loved was kind of um, the two girls taking ownership of their relationship in the party and Nick kind of seeing that and that being a little bit of the catalyst of what gets him to try the kiss later on in private yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was good and uh, and then you see him at the doorstep in the rain yes so good yeah because Charlie again that's something that's super relatable I think for kids in general uh Charlie is just very insecure all the way around and he internalizes 
everything. Yeah. <laughs> the entire season, anything that happens, whether it's his fault, whether, you know, it's not yeah. his fault. Uh, it's obviously Nick is going through his own things in his mind and trying to figure himself out. But it, Charlie is internalizing all of that. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate to no matter your circumstance. We get a really good payoff with that, with him and his mom in this. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that, but oh, that's so good. <laughs> but uh, in episode four, it's called Secret. And uh, we start out with the, you know, with the rain, with the kiss. That's all great. And and Nick says that he uh, he's not ready to come out yet, basically. But uh, they have their kind of moment. It's so cute. And then uh, Tao and L they hear Nick ready to go on the date with Imogen because he's just really nervous. He doesn't know what to say. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carry from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. And then in episode five, this one's called Friend, Imogen's dog dies. And so then Nick <laughs> feels even worse about it. Uh, and, but then they they he's also got Charlie's birthday party the same day as the date. So he's kind of double booked. What did you think of the whole Imogen element? So in the end, I liked it more than I thought, because at first mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, like, I don't know, because I feel like we we tend to do that to uh, what did I just watch? Oh, it was Firebird that I watched in theaters. And and that's a true story. And, you know, it's a way back. So it's not the same. But I feel like we always, especially in coming out stories, a lot of times we have to have like the the victim woman in the whole situation, <laughs> the like poor woman who's been deceived um, or whatnot. And this. I, I really like how they decided to develop Imogen's character because at first she's kind of annoying. Um, I don't know. I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> girl, step to the side. Like, <laughs> what are you even doing in this story? Move. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I really like how she accepts particularly what he tells her in this episode. And then when we get the payoff in episode eight, they show her as one of the kids like reacting. And I just, I really liked her reaction. Yeah. And, and the fact that she is understanding like immediately, Mm -hmm. she's not like upset really. She's like, okay, that's fine. Because I mean, it's understandable for her because she, they, him and Nick and Charlie have, not been together at all so she would have no way of knowing yeah that you know that so i i can under and understand i think she that. kind of i think I, i'm glad they made her a character that had some sort of perspective as because mm-hmm. she has been the pursuer this entire time she was the aggressor from right. the jump the entire time we see them and i think there is maybe that moment of under like kind of realizing like oh you know he just he he's not into it <laughs> That's true <laughs> when they sit down and have the talk if you compare it in love simon which i i really love love simon but they you know his friends being so offended and upset yeah. when he does finally come out and yeah yeah uh so then we have episode six is girls and this is where nick really starts to question if he's bisexual uh, and he comes out to tara and darcy and they get super excited about doing a double date <laughs> What I love is so many, like, I don't know what generation. I, I feel like mostly my generation, but a lot of these little Gen Zers mm-hmm. are also claiming it. But um, I love that Alice obviously knows the target audience because uh, I, I don't know if this is common knowledge outside, but so many people just <laughs> credit Pirates of the Caribbean with Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom as less like bisexual awakening. 
Oh, really? I didn't in know that. Formidable <laughs> years. Like as they're growing up, they're just like, wow, uh, these are two very beautiful people. <laughs> and I find myself drawn to both of them. Uh, so I really loved that they used that film specifically in the scene. I wondered about that. I was like, why? Because it's not an LGBTQ film. So no. I was a little bit confused but now you say that that makes sense that's funny you notice uh so when i think they only show posters actually i had to go back and look because tau has posters up in his room of films because that's mm-hmm. the other thing with tau uh that all of us on film twitter can relate to he is a total like he has a letterbox you you know he has sure. oh yeah sure you know he <laughs> he had he had like a sherman show <laughs> on a poster he's he's recommending like arrival to moonlight uh, on on hereditary on their movie nights and the friend is like can't we just watch something happy tonight like i just i don't want to watch one of those yeah just have fun for once um but uh as they're looking through nick as kind of like a way to maybe ease his mom he's trying to like figure out how to maybe open the discussion he's he looks up on his computer i also love that nick just runs to google and just types things into google (laughs) another thing i think might be relatable for a lot of people is you're like i'm feeling this way Mm. let me just google it um (laughs) but he types in like best lgbtq movies and we get like moonlight and brokeback mountain and uh get me out of here i'm a cheerleader um and if you notice that obviously they couldn't use the real posters, so they did like these cheap recreations of like the Moonlight and the Brokeback Mountain posters. Yeah, I wondered about rolling. those posters. I was like, because it took me, I was like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Ledger? Oh, okay. They had to recreate the poster. But I thought that was funny yeah. too. So then we also have Charlie's band concert that's happening and uh he doesn't really want anybody to come he's like oh it's gonna be boring but then people come because they love him and uh, and that kind of adds up to the end too where you know he's feeling unloved and Mm -hmm. and it all kind of builds up to the end yeah and then tara and darcy have that talk and she says tara says that she struggles more with the attention of being the lesbians in school than Darcy does. And I agree with you. I'm glad um, we had the the overt incidents, obviously, of Harry being the most like, you know, bro dude high school guy. But we, especially when it comes to LGBTQ films, we don't really see like girls. Generally, females are always viewed as the more accepting people yeah. uh, in these situations. <laughs> So it was kind of nice, uh, even if sometimes they were a little bit like over there. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> chill out. Uh, but to see her classmates still in 2022, still being like, Ugh, gross, you know, like it's not nice, but it's nice to get that perspective that yeah. that does still exist too. Like girls in high school aren't these, you know, saintly creatures that don't bully people based on these type of things. <laughs> I agree. Uh, So episode seven is called Bully. And this is Nick and Charlie go to the cinemas, but Harry is there and Harry is a big bully. Uh, He's kind of the worst. Uh, I, I feel like he's, he's, he's certainly the one that, that gets the closest to that uh, unrealistic level, but it worked in general for me because these are short episodes. You don't have Mm -hmm. that much time. So they do need to kind of establish pretty quickly who Harry is as a character and have him be the main antagonist. I think in this episode, it also, it kind of felt like something a little bit more related, like as dramatic as it gets, especially when they start fighting uh, he and Nick, but like that whole lean in is something I think that is actually quite relatable and realistic of like so tell me how did how is it being gay charlie like so leading in with like these type of probing questions uh to get at people and to like i don't know feign interest or feign not bullying them but at the same time very clearly meaning to be uncomfortable and and to 
push the issue uh i that was like one of those tactics where i was like yeah yeah and that also is definitely a bully tactic <laughs> also saying oh it's just a joke take a joke yeah oh come on like yeah, yeah. As it, so more of his stuff was like when he would just randomly pelt people with things. Yeah. <laughs> i was like who does this who just like throws things at people's heads as they're walking around I mean I guess I don't know bullies at my school uh, maybe I just wasn't like I was bullied younger but yeah that was I was just gonna say me too fifth grade when I got to high school I guess it was a little bit different I don't know I'm sure there was more bullying maybe I just had like a a slick tongue so people (laughs) didn't work for didn't want to get a lashing I'm not sure but I, I didn't see this type of thing I would see fights but that wasn't, I don't know if it was bullying or stuff, but um, I was definitely on the camp of, it was, it was in like elementary and some in middle school where most of the like attacks came at, at me rather than. Yeah, I, I do. That is my experience as well. Uh, like I said, fifth grade, my parents had to pull me out of school because the bullying was so bad. And the teachers were just like, we, you know, boys will be boys was their attitude, <sighs> even though the boys were pushing me into the water fountain and pulling up my dress and calling me mean names and yeah. ridiculous. And uh, so they put me in private school instead. Luckily we had the, you know, the ability yeah. to do that, but, uh, but it was, it was pretty bad. But by the time I got to, I mean, we moved across the country for middle school mm-hmm. and then for high school, it really wasn't too bad. Is I mean, I was, I was a drama geek and this is why I love Percy being a wallflower so much. I was totally, I was totally one of them. Yeah. I was totally one of the drama geeks. I was, uh, <laughs> I was probably made Whitman's character, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. but, uh, I, yeah, that's what I would relate to more as younger, but again, I'm sure it does happen and oh, it's, yeah, it's sure. gotta be hard to, uh, to, and hopefully it's coming less hard to yeah. come out and decide uh, what you, or even not say, I don't know. I'm still yeah. figuring it out. And that uh, is uh, when we get to the finale, I do love where they end Nick's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that too, because it's not a depiction we get in media all that often. So it was like a, a nice thing. But this episode about the bullying, Ben though, oh, what Ben said. <laughs> Charlie in the parking lot I don't yeah. I was like okay maybe that's the worst uh <laughs> I'm bouncing yeah. back and forth which one of you do I dislike more Ben <laughs> or Harry because you two are out of control yeah that was rough and then uh, we also get a fight between Tao and uh, Tao fights with Harry but then he's also upset with Charlie uh for not telling him about the relationship with Nick and this is kind of similar to the the friends in love simon that it kind of can't seem to understand the the process of you know kind of the yeah i don't know i feel like tao should have been more understanding but he came around he comes around and especially uh part of my my discussion is like he also i mean i know he did i know why he didn't like nick by association because although nick never did anything to tao i mean he was he just he just lumped him in which you know people or will the do. rugby uh, guy you are who you you know you are who your friends are is is kind of a, a common perception people will just have um and harry was terrible so <laughs> why yeah. not think all of you are terrible while everybody sits back and laughs and does all this stuff uh but i mean when they were not around he, he wasn't the most welcoming to nick or nice at all like he wasn't willing to even be open to the idea of Nick being around Charlie. So it was kind of like, well, I mean, uh, you didn't make Charlie feel like he could tell you because you didn't seem to be perceptive. Like, I don't know if I were Charlie, I also would have been uncomfortable like trying to talk to my friend if they very clearly were like- Well, it's a lot to process in a short period of time. That, I mean, (laughs) yeah. So it was like, I get it, uh, but yes, I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't blow that up into, again, I'm, I really appreciate that the series didn't take small issues that we all have and, you know, our life and blow them up into this big, you know, the huge drama that goes into season two, like Charlie versus Tao and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, episode eight is called Boyfriend. 
and Harry suspended at the beginning, uh, but Tao is still mad at Charlie. Um, so that makes Charlie quit rugby. And then we get the scene between him and his mom that every, maybe everyone is better without him. And his, his mom you know, says that I, you're not better. I, I need you. They have the, it's a really good, really good scene. Yeah, that was one of the more mm. like, obviously emotional, but uh, really, really good. Just not overblown, but done just just well enough. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a really good scene. Yeah. And then we get a scene between Tao and Nick and where Nick basically explains everything that's going on. And then Tao makes up with Charlie. And we get a scene where Charlie confronts Ben. And basically says you're the worst person <laughs> <laughs> i mean i did love that like ben was kind of delusional <laughs> the whole season because he keeps like threatening charlie with like telling everyone about him and charlie's like that's not really a threat to me <laughs> i don't know why you don't understand that's i'm out i i'm yeah there's no threat to me that's like a threat on yourself <laughs> so um so i guess we'll see if they do do a season two uh what Ben's role would be um because he's terrible but uh that's one of those situations though where I wouldn't mind somewhat of at least a growth arc with Ben's character uh of a better understanding of himself if we do get him in season two or if there is a season two um I don't know I feel like young people make mistakes and don't know how to deal with what they're feeling internally and don't act the best so um despite <laughs> how a lot of things happen in our culture right now um you have to give people leeway to to grow and to learn and it would also be a good forgiveness moment for charlie i think but we'll see yeah and so were you surprised that L and Tao didn't have more of a romantic ending? I did. I, I actually was. I thought, mm -hmm. oh, especially when they're sitting there at that desk. I mean, yeah. I really thought it was going to happen <laughs> in this eighth episode. And she was just so reluctant. Like, I, I feel like he would have rode the wave. He was on board and she just was like, not, nope, can't do it. Uh, let's go look at my old locker. <laughs> I was like, no. We're here right now. So I think <laughs> that'll happening. be good for season two. Yeah, I think that's definitely the big like opening to, mm -hmm. to season two. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about Isaac, the like fourth friend of the group? Oh, that, yeah. you mentioned that him just, in your... That just reads, but was it in like half the episode? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's Isaac doing? Where did he go off to? <laughs> He's just like a bonus friend, I guess. He's <laughs> just a bonus <laughs> Every now and then he says, I'm all right. Um, and he's just over there reading in the corner. <laughs> that was probably me in high school, actually. I was you were the, the Isaac, Isaac Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> A couple episodes of life go by. Everyone's looking around. Oh, hey, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I actually was pretty, uh, I had a big personality in as a teen. <laughs> Shocker, now I that's know. you, but back then, not so much. <laughs> uh, but, but then Charlie, uh, I mean, Nick stops the rugby game they're having a field day or whatever and uh, he stops the rugby game and he goes and tells charlie that he's changed his life and that he thinks he's a great person and uh, that he wants to be more open like him that whole was scene was great he says he's ready to come out yeah that was a great scene because once again so charlie gets like the double dose earlier in the episode when he says like I feel like everyone's life would be better without me. And then finally, because as even as much as like you want them to just be together, part of what I was really wanting for Charlie specifically was to feel not necessarily even accepted, but to, to just, I don't know, to, to feel that worth for himself. And even though Nick was great and we're getting to see two different sides of someone who's not ready to come out and kind of this secret relationship with Ben and with Nick and, you know, it's all about the person, not, not necessarily that situation. And he's really understanding. 
you just you feel that Charlie really needs like that validation type of moment for his worth. And I, I, I liked that conversation they had in the hallway specifically. Me too. Me too. And they go to the seaside, to the beach, uh, together. That was really cute. You know, I love the beach so much. And, uh, and then we, the final kind of the final scene is, is Nick coming out to his mom Olivia Coleman. And it was just so well done. And she says, I'm sorry if I ever made you feel like you couldn't tell me that. And it was great. Yeah. I love him trying to explain bisexual to her. Right. <laughs> She's like, I'm not 800 years old. I wasn't born in the 1800s. <laughs> I know what it means. Oh. But I thought that was a, a fun moment in, in the overall kind of situation. I did love mm-hmm. when he also, when she's like, oh, do you not like this girl? And like, well, her dog died. <laughs> and just the reaction, like her face when he said that. She's like, oh, uh, well, that's not a good reason to go out with someone. And I was like, you know what, though, Nick, I understand. If somebody comes to me and their dog died, I'm going to do whatever. No, like, I'm not going to tell them no on most anything they ask me to do. (laughs) I'm going to agree to whatever, even if it sounds absolutely terrible, because I don't have the heart to be like, uh, no. (laughs) Well, this show, I just loved it so much. It was such a joy to watch. I like I said, five out of five crowns for me. I mean, what would you give it? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much right there with you. I think there's a couple, a couple little things here and there that, you know, either fall into the, the like kind of high school or romance tropes a little bit, but overall the heart was there. Yeah. Not only an intention, but like the actual heart of the show and the feeling and the atmosphere, mm-hmm. it all just came together for like a really just delightful viewing experience. I, I would probably go, I'll give it five crowns as well. All right. Well, how can people follow you on social media and your channel and everything? Yes. So you can find me on YouTube at Chili Boy YT and Instagram and over on YouTube at Chili Boy Productions. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps so much. Five stars. And if you are listening on YouTube, please leave the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun and merch store. And you can check out all the information in the description. So thanks so much, Larry. This was a blast. And thanks for recommending me the show. (laughs) Yeah, I was so happy when you were like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. (laughs) We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone.